This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hi, today I'm talking to Laura Sego from Footlit. Footlit makes LED backpacks that use tech to make you properly visible. Their smart light-up backpacks are ideal for kids walking to school, commuters, and in fact, anyone who needs to be seen at night. In this episode, Laura explains the problem that she had and the product that she created to overcome it I think many of us can probably relate to having a problem and thinking I wish there was something out there um and Laura did just that she actually created it um she tells us all about how she did that all the people she involved um there were lots of lots of teenagers that she spoke to to find out exactly what they wanted from the product and um I think Laura's story is fascinating um everything she's done I think is brilliant she's did so much research she just put so much into her products and in fact I'm going to stop talking now and let Laura tell you all about it so hi Laura thank you so much for being here oh thank you for having me it's really good to talk to you so can we please start if you give an introduction to yourself your business and what you sell yeah no problem so I launched Footlit this summer and we make LED backpacks that use technology to make you properly visible when you're out and about So our backpacks light up with two strips of LEDs and they are ideal for kids walking to school, for commuters and anybody really who needs to be a bit more visible when they're out and about at nighttime or in low light conditions. Well, thank you so much. And can you talk to us a bit about your inspiration for creating the Fitbit, please? Yeah, so it all started when my elder daughter um, started at secondary school. So she had to walk through the village to catch um, a bus to go off into town. We live in rural Warwickshire and our village is lovely, but we are basically little lanes, single track road, no pavement, no streetlights. And very, very quickly after she'd started, of course, the clocks changed and I started to realise that she was pretty much invisible when she was walking. She's got a dark navy uniform on. She's got dark tights, dark shoes, you know, a dark coat. And as an adult, it's really obvious what you do in that scenario. You put on something luminous with lots of reflective strips on it and you put a light on your back and you carry a torch and you make yourself as visible as possible. Well, I tell you what, when you're 11, 12, 13, that is the last thing you want to do. And the thought of actually having to wear something luminous, my daughter was like, I can't do that. I don't want to stand out. I just want to merge into the background. I'm a teenager. 
So I started to look at what what there might be out there and sort of solutions that I could come up with. So I thought, well, okay, well, we've got lots of bike lights in the garage. Maybe I can attach a bike light to her bag. And that wasn't ideal. It was fiddly and it needed to be taken off during the day. Otherwise, it dropped off at school or it got broken. Um, There are kind of backpack lights that you can get that attach. But again, they're great if you're an adult, but when you're 11, 12, 13 and you spend your time chucking your bag around, they get caught on things, they fall off. You know, 11-year-olds don't don't take care of things in the way that adults do. So I started to think, well, maybe I could find a bag that had got lights already in it. Well, there weren't that really that many out there. Um, so that was where it really began because I thought, well, maybe I could design something maybe I could come up with a a solution to this problem because I can't surely be the only mum or parent in the UK who is looking thinking I really want my child to have independence I want them to be able to walk to school this is important but at the same time thinking oh my word this is really the first time she's been out without an adult with her I'm reasonably confident in her road sense but you know accidents happen kids get distracted kids do silly things and drivers get distracted so maybe that maybe there's an opening here so that that was really the kind of the the start of it well thank you thank you for sharing all of that and I think you're right um I've seen some of the stats on road safety that you've shared on your Instagram and they're actually really scary it's really frightening isn't it I looked at an um office for national statistics report the other day and this was from last year So they said that 361 pedestrians were killed, 5,032 were seriously injured, and 11,261 had minor injuries. You know, that's a huge amount of people who who were being injured, pedestrians being injured in, in road incidents. The real killers for me were things like the peak time for pedestrians to be killed or seriously injured was 3 p.m. till 6 p.m., prime time for walking home from school or walking home from work 30 percent of fatalities take place on rural roads and 13 percent of all accidents happen to those under 11 and I just thought that's really scary it's really scary and obviously you know the onus is really on drivers that you know the the changes to the um highway code make that really clear that you know the drivers really need to take care of vulnerable pedestrians vulnerable road users cyclists horse riders etc but again the the more i thought about it the more you can do to make your child visible the better absolutely or yourself as well i mean i don't know if there are any statistics about time of year when more accidents happen but i would bet that probably more do happen in that three to six window in the winter like now when it's dark because I've had a few instances where I've been driving and then suddenly someone's there because you know and often it's an adult not a child you know they may be walking back from somewhere but they've got a rucksack on and dark clothes and they haven't got any kind of lights yeah and you don't honestly see them until you're you know if you're live with your headlights so you don't honestly see them until they're almost yeah. there and it's yeah. really scary and I think you're right that pedestrians do I know it's definitely on drivers but I think anything a pedestrian can do to make themselves more visible just makes sense doesn't yeah. it yeah yeah you're exactly right my husband came home the other day and he'd been driving home from work and seen a lad who who had had sort of looked when he stepped out into the roads but didn't really clock what was coming 
and walked out. And Richard said his heart was in his mouth thinking, oh, my word, the driver's not going to see him. Because, again, as you say, he was dark, dark rucksack, dark school uniform. You know, the more you can be visible, the better. Absolutely. And so when you look, so I know there are all sorts of, like you say, things, I've got wristbands that I, you know, yeah. I run to keep me visible and you can get lights and all kinds of things. But were there not at that time? Did you find any backpacks that had lights included or was there nothing out there? Yeah, I found some. Um, but again, the, there were quite a few aimed at cyclists, but they are very luminous. So they were kind of out from a teen style perspective. So mm-hmm. that was the end of that. Um there were some that were kind of suitable. And so we had a look at those and kind of went through the kind of, do we like this one? Do we not? What don't we like about it? How bright actually are the lights? Because some of them have this stuff called EL wire in them. So EL wire is a um, is a type of wire that when you put a current through it from a battery, it will glow. And it's used quite a lot in things like um, dressing up, dressing up costumes. I think they use it for a lot of cosplay type you know those fancy costumes so we got ourselves a a few strips of that um in various different colors and then we literally made a mock-up of what we wanted and I made my poor husband walk up and down in the dark in the street outside (laughs) with me measuring how far he could go before I lost sight of him or he really wasn't visible and quite quickly did we realise that the bags with the EL wiring just weren't bright enough. They they just didn't glow uh, as clearly as we wanted them to. And they've also got, when they've got like a, a little battery pack attached to them, when the current goes through the wire, it actually makes a humming sound. So you can, it's just about audible enough to be really annoying. So I thought, right, that's out. We don't want that. So then we were down to the LED LED lights. So we sort of went through the same process again and then started to look at what did we like about the backpacks and what didn't we, which is where my lovely, lovely team of testers and parents came in. So I got together a little group of um, teens and they probably ranged in age at that point. The eldest is 16 now. So they were probably about 13, 14 down to about five or six and started to talk to them about what what did they like about their school bag? Why did they like the things that they did like? What was really annoying? What would be better? And in the whole process of um, no idea is a bad idea, wrote everything down, then discounted some of the more bizarre ideas like wouldn't it be really good if it had a massive speaker on the back and then you could play music (laughs) really loudly (laughs) no (laughs) as a parent no that's not a good idea but some of the things that they were really interested in were things that sort of were quite surprising actually they took it really seriously so water bottle pockets uh, you know usual topic of conversation that suddenly became a really big issue how deep should they be because actually if they're not deep enough it transpires when you chuck your bag on the floor in the corner of the classroom, your water bottle comes out. If they haven't got elastic around the top, if they're too loose at the top, when you go through doors, there's a danger that they get caught on the door handle and then get ripped off. So actually the, the kids were really useful, giving us a kind of an insight into how they actually use their bag kind of day to day. What sort of a handle 
did they want on it? Did they just want a strap? Did they want a grab handle? Did they want a handle to hang it up? Where are they kept during the day? How how big do they need to be? Because if it's got to fit in a locker, you can't have anything that's too enormous. Um, and the parents were were sort of useful as well. People saying things like, we want a key holder. It's got to have some method of keeping a house key safe. Because actually, if you're going to come home on the bus, or you're going to walk home and let yourself in. You know, several parents are saying the number of door keys we've been through because he keeps losing them. You know, so so all that kind of input was was really really useful. I did get through a lot of bars of chocolate though, bribing everyone for, <laughs> for their input. That's amazing, and I think that's so invaluable. I just actually recorded a podcast episode yesterday just by myself talking about this sort of research exactly and why it's just so important because yes you could have sat down and asked your daughter which I'm sure you did but she's one person and actually the more people you can speak to and get input from just the more rich and valuable that yeah the, the better and actually parents had had different views from kids and the kids were quite open about actually what happened to their bags during the day I mean one of the things that I decided I was going to do fairly quickly was to make sure that the um there's a device sleeve in the bag or the device sleeve is padded all the way around including the bottom because I watched one lad and he said oh look you know this I like this because it's got a special sleeve um, that I can put my laptop in and he demonstrated by picking his laptop up and dropping it into the sleeve and there was an audible thud as it hit the ground at the bottom and all the parents kind of winced and went, Oh my word, that's awful. So that, that was an immediate thing. I was like, right, device sleeves need to be padded on the bottom as well. Because again, when you're a young teen, you don't, you don't pay that much attention to things. And yeah, you know that your laptop's valuable, but you've put it in your bag. So what, you know, so what if it went in with a bit of a clatter? So, uh, so yeah, they were very helpful to all the kids. And I think it is interesting, like you said, about talking to the parents as well, because I think their input's also valuable because I'm assuming that parents are the ones paying for these school mm-hmm. bags. You know, their kids are still at an age where this isn't something that they're, they might be choosing it, but mum and dad has to endorse it because ultimately it's their money. So I think it was really sensible to yeah, get everyone's yeah, input. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so at this stage, were you also showing them sort of other LED backpacks or light up backpacks that were on the market to get their views on those? Yeah, so I took a whole load of samples and I took a whole, um, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff I don't have any experience of. So I've just kind of used my common sense. I printed out pictures that I got off the internet of all different styles of backpacks, different colorways, and, you know, different. Some of them had massive branding on them. Some of them had small branding on them. Some of them had thin straps. Some of them had fat straps, you know. And we just sat and we talked through, what do you like about these samples that I've got in front of me? Assess them for me. Tell me what you think. Because actually what, you know, I think as a mid-40s mother is not what a 12-year-old boy thinks, you know, and, and I'm really conscious of that. So actually, that was really useful because they went, well, I don't like that colour. And you think, well, OK, it's red. What, what, what's, what's wrong with red? Oh, no, 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 I don't want red. So at the, you start to kind of refine what you, what you do and don't want. Um, some of them were interested in kind of how the branding was portrayed on the bag. We talked about what was cool about cool brands what what wasn't cool the youngest one Tim was absolutely delightful and he kept telling me 
he really loves the colours green and blue, green and blue, green and blue, whilst pointing at a red and black sample. I really like that one. <laughs> so, so some of it you kind of take with a pinch of salt. But actually they've been, the kids have been quite interested in the ongoing process as well of, of, of how you set up a business. Because actually the kids who gave me all the advice are the models on the websites, you know, are are kind of my kind of advice team. So it's been good for them as well to learn you know how do you go about setting up a business what happens what happens next to their advice that you know what happened next was I found somebody in in um, China who was able to help me translate my drawings and my kind of research into an actual sample and then you could bring the sample back to the kids and to the parents and go well look this is this is the sum total of what we came up with what do we think now we can see it in reality that's brilliant that was going to be my next question actually was was what next I think it's brilliant that you sort of as you said went into this never having set up a business before and just worked through the steps yeah 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 so I did I talked to loads of people I just talked to as many people as I could do I talked to bag manufacturers in the UK I talked to people who make kind of branded goods branded goods type agencies I talked to them I talked to backpack designers I talked to electronic type engineer type people designers um and people were really really helpful just gave me kind of loads of loads of advice and then found a guy in China who was able to um translate my frankly quite dodgy drawings into something that that he could work with and one of the things that I was really really keen on the sort of key point for us was that once you put the backpack on your back you should be able to turn the lights on without taking the bag off so a lot of the samples that were on the market they had got switches for the lights but the switches were inside a pocket or at the bottom of the bag or you know just somewhere really inaccessible and my thinking was when you're 11 or 12 and you get off the bus and it's raining the last thing you're going to do is faff about trying to put your hand in the bottom of the bag to find the little switch or take your stuff out to get to the switch it had got to be somewhere really accessible so you know can you put the switch at the bottom of the straps which is which is what we've done in the end but that that turned into quite an interesting kind of production issue how do you go about putting strips of leds into the fabric of the bag in such a way that the switch is somewhere that's accessible and more, even more than accessible just to be turned on and off, you can actually get to it so that you can change the batteries when you need to. So the contact you found in China, is that is he a bag manufacturer? He is, yeah. He's actually a guy, he, he's from Halifax in, in the UK, who's moved out to China. Since I first dealt with him, he's now moved his operations to Malaysia. But he works with various different small, and I'm talking really small family-run businesses in China. So they are very small um, factories that are making small runs of of, of things. Because obviously you can go to Alibaba and you can you can kind of find manufacturers that way. But this way I'd got this chap, his name's Rick, and he's been utterly fantastic in helping to translate what was quite an amorphous idea in, into something that that is a physical project so we worked through various different samples so we had a kind of an initial sample which was as we suspected kind of way off 
refined that into a second sample where we thought, yeah, yeah, this this is getting there. Right. What we need to do now is we need to tweak how the reflective panels are attached, because actually there are there are three kind of triangular reflective panels on the front, which which add to the visibility of the bag. How do you attach those in such a way that we were happy with them? Were we happy with the switches? Could we tweak the way that that works and the structure of the bag? And and sort of we kind of refined it and refined it until we got to the kind of final production sample where we were like, yeah, yeah, we're all systems go. But all of this was happening at the same time as COVID was happening, which made for a, a really bumpy ride in some ways. So it took way longer than perhaps it might have done in ordinary times to get to a point where we'd got a production sample and we could get on with actually manufacturing the run. Um, and by the time we got to, I don't know, probably Christmas last year, we had been through several rounds of, we're all systems go. No, no, there's COVID in the factory. The factory's been shut down. Um yeah, we're all systems go. No, there's COVID in the factory again. So we kind of went through this awful cycle. The the, the Chinese way of dealing with, with COVID was quite different to ours. So things just stopped. Then Rick got COVID. Then once we were back up and running again, then they had all sorts of issues with um, electricity supply. So the factory actually wasn't running because there wasn't enough electricity to run it. So sort of Christmas time last year, I started to think, oh, maybe maybe this is just not meant to be. Um, and then I got a call from Rick just before Christmas last year saying, do you know, I think oh, I don't want to don't want to get your hopes up, but I think we might be on here. Um, and of course, you've got to bear in mind that what I was asking for was one sample. I, I wasn't running a major run of anything. So, of course, I was down the bottom of the pile. But between Christmas and Chinese New Year, beginning of this year we managed to get the sample out and then once after Chinese New Year was over we were kind of all systems go and we were um, up and running and they finally arrived uh, just before the summer. That's amazing that's really good timing isn't it as well for like parents getting bags or kids going going to secondary school. Oh wow that's wow that's quite and well done for persevering as well because that must have been so disheartening because as you say if you were just after one sample I can imagine that you know you were getting moved further and further down the queue as these bigger orders were coming in yeah and I think they had difficulties in getting the materials you know that that all of those issues all kind of wrapped together including the whole kind of shipping fee at one point Rick was ringing me going actually even if you if we do get the go-ahead you don't want to be shipping from China yet because the prices for a container have just gone through the roof. So it's been a real kind of balancing act. But sometimes I think, you you know, I think it's a really good product. I think it's a really good idea. I think there are people out there, there have got to be people out there who are like me thinking, I really want my child to be much more visible. I've got to keep going. I've got to keep going. So that's that was all I did. Every you know, you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and uh, and moving forward. I think it's amazing that you kept going. And how were there any things that you were able to do to fill that time where you were waiting for new samples, for example? Um, yeah. So I did a lot of training courses actually. So my background is in marketing and. PR originally but B2B um, sort of tech engineering stuff and then more latterly I'd worked in the family business so a lot of the the things that I'm doing now I just had 
no clue about. So, you know, I've dealt with producing content for websites before, but I'd never built a website. Um, I'd never taken photographs uh, of products. I'd done a tiny bit of SEO, but only following somebody else's instructions, you know, so all of those things. Actually, that time gave me the ability to spend it doing that. One of the things that happened quite early on was I got put in touch with the um, Coventry and Warwickshire Chamber of Commerce, who had a fantastic scheme going where they um, were able to give you some mentoring time and also some some courses. So I used a lot of it to do that and we just went on as many courses as I could do and free trainings and, you know, a lot of these big players like um, Meta, Facebook, have a lot of training that that you can do. Um, And YouTube is a wonderful resource. If you don't know how to do something, how do I do whatever? And and you can, you know, get yourself going from there. So a lot of the stuff that I've learned has been entirely self-taught. I've never used Instagram before I set up Footlips. (laughs) Oh, your Instagram's great. I think it's, it's, um, yeah, as you say, a lot of these things do take time to learn. So I guess in a way it was, you don't want to say it was a good thing, but I suppose the silver lining to all that time you did have to wait was that you were able to put that time to really good use. And and sometimes you don't know that until afterwards, do you? You can look back at it and you can think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in all these things happen for a reason. You know, maybe it was just meant to be this way you've just got to make the best of it and I can't you know I can't do anything about the the COVID situation in China I can't do anything about rising prices you know I've just got to go with it so that's what we did. So the bags were ready this summer so how have things gone from then? Yeah not too bad thank you not too bad it's um now that the, the clocks have changed it's made it much easier to film in the dark because at one point in the summer we were having to stay up really really late to try and get um filming in the dark but that's been another learning curve actually taking photographs um how to um make the videos of things actually filming in the dark so so we've done a bit more of that but yeah everything's everything's going fine thank you brilliant and are your your original testers are they all using um, they are yeah even my husband has got one (laughs) so so yeah so I think that that you know the next in terms of kind of product development the next round will be actually looking kind of a year on how have the bags stood up to the test how could we make them better what what's what's the next iteration going to be and, you know, we've got plenty of ideas in the pipeline once we get kind of up and running and we've got, a um, you know, a bit of bulk of funding behind us. There are other things that we could be doing is the more you talk to people, the more people say, oh, I'd really like, a, you know, whatever. So, you know, that, that'll be kind of the next round of it. And um, and starting to get some new new advisors on board, because obviously my my advisors are getting older every year and um you know, I, I need need some more who are kind of at the 11, 12 age, which is where my original intention was. So That makes sense. And what are the, I, I meant to ask this earlier on, actually, what do the teenagers um, think about like the LED aspects and about lighting up and being really visible? Because you mentioned your daughter wasn't keen on like the yeah. of clothing or whatever. What do they feel about the bat? I'm just really curious. Yeah, per- no, they, they, yeah they really liked it. They, they, none of them have said, Oh, no, I don't like it. I think that what they do like is the fact that you can turn it on when you want it on. So you can 
you know, take a few steps. You can wave goodbye to everyone at the bus stop. Or you can wave goodbye to everyone at the school gate. Take a few steps and then turn it on when you're ready for it. Um, and I think they all understand, you know, they're all sensible kids and they're, they're quite conscious of their own safety. Interestingly, the younger children, when I first did it, the thought of being lit up was delightful. They, in fact, they wanted to be lit up in as many colours as possible with as many different flashing light combinations as possible. So there's obviously quite a, a change in attitude from moving from primary where actually having lots of flashing lights in lots of different colours is really cool and really exciting to secondary where suddenly, you, you know, that there's there's a definite intent to grow up quite quickly, which is one of the reasons why the bag is kind of grey, because the kids said it's a, it's a fairly kind of neutral, neutral colour. There's nothing that can really go wrong with it. I mean, I'd, I'd like to introduce more colours once once we're sort of up and running a bit more. So, uh, but but. Yeah, they they're all fine with it. That all you know, it makes total sense because I've got a six year old and a nine year old, and I can I would put money on the fact my six year old would want to be lit up like a Christmas tree, and my nine year old just wouldn't. But yes. what I really like <laughs> about your bags and what I've seen um, on your videos is they are lit up, but it's not garish or it's not like a Christmas tree for what of a better word. It's it's really I don't want to say subtle because it's really effective because I've been watching your videos of your daughter. I believe it's your daughter yeah. videos walking and she's really, really visible, but it's not garish or like I, I don't know, I'm not a teenager, but I wouldn't have what am I trying to say? I think it's I think it's really, really well done because I can see that they might not want flashy lights and yeah, different colours yeah, yeah. and things like that. I mean, that. I can remember back to being that age and I just, uh, being very self-conscious and not wanting to stand out and not wanting any opportunities for people to go, oh, look at you, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that that was one of the reasons why we tried to make it. So w- once the lights are off, you can't really tell that there are lights on the bag. They're they're pretty invisible. They're in they're encased in kind of a, a fairly thick piping, um, and that was one of the things that the kids had said. I don't want to wear a safety product. I don't want people thinking I'm a baby. I don't want anything that looks really obvious in the daytime. So that that's kind of the end result of what we've tried to go for is something that that is useful and and visible when you need it, rather than being kind of garish during the day. That makes sense. And I think, yeah, I, 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 as we talk, I could just see how valuable it must have been for you to get all of that input from the teenagers um, because you, you just can't get inside their heads, can you? There's nothing like no. actually finding out what they actually think. No, and they, they come up with such hilarious things. I don't want a bag that's got massive branding on it. I, I really don't want a bag with massive branding on it. Okay, could you go and get your bag and show me what you've got at the moment? And I looked at his bag and it got super dry all over the back of it <laughs> and I was like it's, it's branding you know <laughs> so so it is hard to, to get into into their into their heads but they've just been brilliant in fact one of the lads Joshua he made me a little video he, he started off using his bag in September and as the clocks changed he said right I'm going to make a little video and I'm just astounded by their tech ability he's you if you have a look on my my insta or my facebook it's on there and he's just made this this really really slick video he's cut various different bits of video together he's done a voiceover commentary and i just think well done well done that man that's brilliant and i guess that's also the kind of 
it's, it's kind of what you need to promote it as well because I guess it's one of those products that um because it's I, I guess parents may not know it exists I mean until I heard about you I had no idea that this was a thing and I mentioned that when my son goes to secondary school this is something I'll be thinking about um so I think it's one of those things where p- people are going to see a child with the bag or parents are going to tell their friends or oh, my child uses this bag um so it's great that that he's doing that for you and saying this is my bag and I love using it and it makes me really visible yeah yeah, yeah. and that's that's one of the things that I'm finding quite interesting with the whole kind of marketing of it is that it is something that people don't really know exists people have a problem but there isn't an obvious solution to search for necessarily so it's not it's not quite like I don't know launching a new cosmetics brand or or a, um, you know a, a, I don't know a scented candle or something like that or a top or a pair of trousers where where it's kind of obvious I want some dark blue trousers and you can search for that. This this is more of an interesting sell. So with my marketing head on, it's been quite kind of interesting looking at how do you sell a product into kids when they're actually not the ones who are buying it it's their parents who are buying it and the parents and the kids have got quite different ideas about how to be visible on the way home from school because as I said before as, as an adult it's really obvious you just wear luminous stuff and you put lots of reflective panels on and and as a kid you're like I'm not doing that that is a challenge I think you're right that in a way it's it's nice to be selling something that's so unique because if you were selling a top for example it's so hard to stand out amongst the millions of others however I guess it's hard because people if they don't know your product exists they might not necessarily be looking for it so I guess I guess that's where things like SEO you know really come into play and thinking about what people are yeah. looking for um and, and SEO oh my word <laughs> that's a learning curve I think it all is isn't it but it, I think that is a that is a challenge when you're selling something so unique because if people don't know it exists they might not necessarily be looking for it so I guess it's trying to get into people's heads isn't it and thinking what are people searching for I mean are they going yeah. into Google and searching how do I make my child visible I, I don't know what people are searching but oh all sorts yeah. of things all sorts of when you actually start to look I mean there's so much information out there that, that you can you can find on what people are searching for but I think it's just a very slow burn of matching up and enabling Google to find you as a response to that kind of questioning um and I I suppose I just keep thinking you just got to keep at it and show up every day the more you do the more Google will um serve you up as a result so you know the 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 more I can do the better and somebody said to me the other day oh you need to be on TikTok you need to be on TikTok you need to get kids making loads of videos and be on TikTok I'm thinking blimey I'm going to just get in my head around Insta I think TikTok might, might be the next step so you know the socials are going to be really important yeah but I think I agree with you though I think this is this is my personal opinion that actually you can spread yourself too thin and it's probably better to get your head really around Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is and then go okay that's kind of going well and then moving on because I think it can be a really really tempting in the beginning to be like I have to be everywhere but yeah I think yeah when you spread yourself that thin often you're not seen that you know it's the opposite isn't it you're just not doing very well yeah and that's you're you're exactly right that's exactly what I decided in the end that I would just pick a couple of channels and I would try to do them really well so I went for Facebook because I thought actually a lot of 
parents are on Facebook and a lot of grandparents are on Facebook. And I went for Insta because I felt that that was a slightly younger demographic. And that way I'd kind of got them both covered. And the fact that they're both connected makes it really easy to deal with. And I think, you know, do do something and do it well, rather than spreading yourself too thinly. There's, there's lots of talk of go on Twitter, you know, you could be on Twitter and I'm thinking, well, I need to just do do a couple and do them well and then think really hard about what the next demographic is that I want to target. And maybe that will be TikTok. I don't know. But I think you've got to be able to create the content to keep the whole thing going because there's nothing worse than going onto somebody's website, for example, or their um, Facebook feed and seeing that the last blog post stroke photograph that was posted was from six months ago it doesn't you know it doesn't make you look like you're you know taking it seriously and and you know I just wanted to be sure that people knew that you know that this is really important to me I'm really keen to make it work I think you're right it just especially when you're a brand that people haven't heard of when they land on your website you know I feel like if I'm going to buy something from someone I haven't heard of, I want to feel like this is a legitimate business. Yeah. So, you know, you want to see like they are keeping, like you said, they're keeping their blog up to date and everything looks, yeah, it just wants to look current because it's a bit nerve wracking. You're putting your card details in somewhere and you've never heard of them before. Um, I think you're right. And it's sort of, you're keeping everything up to your website your social media as you've said it just kind of goes I am in business and I'm taking this seriously yeah, it yeah. just gives off a much better impression because I think if you go to a website and you can like you say you see it hasn't been updated for six months I definitely think twice about you know happy yeah. tapping my card details in for example and that, yeah and that has been in some ways that's been one of the hardest things to say I'm actually selling me as well as the product because yeah. I'm the I'm the face of the company and you know but listening to yourself being making little reels and all that sort of stuff is mortifying you know I'm not from the social media generation I've really had to kind of get over my fear of doing these things but I am a mum in Warwickshire who had a problem who thought I can't be the only one I'm going to see if I can do something about it so you know actually that's quite important to people that they that if they ring up they get me if they email, they get me, you know, we're not a faceless company with a, with a call centre, you know, on the other side of the world. It's me. I think your story also helps make it really relatable to people because you say you are a parent, you did this to keep your child safe and other people's children safe. I think people can relate to that as well. And it also gives gives you something to talk about. And I think it's brilliant that it's it's you talking and all your reels and that you're really visible. And actually that's something I meant to ask at the beginning, but I completely forgot is that when you had this, um, we'll call it a problem and you were looking for solutions for your daughter, at what stage did you go, oh, actually I might, make a product and turn it into a business as opposed to looking for something just for the situation I think it probably sat there the the, the first time we had it so was when my elder daughter started secondary she's now about to take her GCSEs so it's, it's been a bit of a bit of a burn and I think it sat there for a couple of years I wasn't really in a position where I could do anything about it and then um my position changed I'd stopped working for the family business and I thought what am I gonna do now what 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 do I want to do 
And I think the little gem of an idea that I'd had that had obviously been kind of percolating away in the background kind of came to the fore. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. Which was sort of a, a pretty brave thing when I look back on it. It just seemed quite obvious at the time. Do you know what? I've had this idea. I think I've I've got a few contacts that I can ring. I will I will see if I can make something of it. And actually, that that was something that I was going to say to anybody else who who's sort of in this position where they've had a bit of an idea and thought, I wonder if I could. Whether you know it or not, you've got a massive network out there. And it it not in the kind of sense of an old boys network of, you know, terribly fancy people. But you when you start to think about it, you know all sorts of people. I've got a friend who's worked in product manufacturing. So I rang her. I've got a friend who um, was an electronic engineer. So I rang him. And the more people that I talked to, the more I found out. And people are so kind. People are really rooting for you and really willing to help you. So my husband, for example, spoke to one of his colleagues at work and said, oh, look, we're thinking of doing this. Have you got any advice? And she said, well, do you know what? My um, my child's just about getting to the age of um, secondary school. If you give me a bit of a talk about how you apply for secondary schools and how the process works, I'll put you in touch with so-and-so. So 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 there was a bit of a sort of a quid pro quo. And then even people that I didn't know, when I was in the research stage, I rang a, my original plan was I really wanted the bags to be made in the UK and for, for various reasons that wasn't possible. But I rang a bag manufacturer in the UK um up in Wrexham I think they are and I left a message and the managing director rang me back and he spent a good half an hour on the phone after he'd said I don't think we can help you and this is why giving me advice talking me through things that were important talking me through things that that um I should really sort of consider how the bag was manufactured how how I was going to get it off the ground. Now, he didn't have to do that. He was just a really nice bloke who thought, yeah, okay, I'm going to give you some advice. There, there have been people who I haven't spoken to in years on my Facebook who have shared my posts, who have sent it out to their friends saying, oh, this is a lady I used to work with. She set up this business. Don't you think it's a great idea? You know, so actually everybody does have a network of people even if you haven't worked at the, the 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 top flight of business and you you know you haven't been a fashion director of a major brand we've all got people out there who will help us and sometimes if you believe in what you're doing and you talk to people about it they really will help you people are nice aren't they, they are. i like hearing stories like that and i yeah. think you're right and also i think it's worth remembering that the worst that can happen is someone says no or i don't have time right now yeah most people don't but that's the very very worst that can happen and I'm with you I've, I think that yeah. reaching out and asking people can you help me do you know someone who can help me it just beats spending hours trawling YouTube or whatever yeah. it is <laughs> yes. you can find a person that can help you and you're right most of us are better connected than we think we are we might think we don't know anybody but when you start talking 
um, I had something last year actually where I was at a kid's birthday party and a lady was talking to her friend and she was saying, oh, and I'm, you know, I want to start selling my products. I'm not really sure how, what to do and I don't know who to ask. And I sort of had to put my hand up and go, I can help you with that. (laughs) And um, it's really funny. We were just standing a meter away from each other and she had no idea what I was doing. And I had no idea what she was doing, but it turned out we could, yeah. We could really help each yeah, other. So yeah, people have been absolutely world. fabulous, and it is a small world. And people are really willing. You've just got to ask, um, and people uh, people do want it to work. And the number of people that have said to me, "I think it's a pants idea, and it's not going to come off, and you'll never manage it," is zero, because actually everybody's gone. There are a couple of people that I've spoken to who I can tell have thought, mm, "Not really sure about that," but that's fine. I'm not trying to sell it to everybody. There, there is a market out there of people who need this um, yeah. and that's who I want to talk to and sometimes I think that says more about those people than it does about you as well if you yeah. know what I mean <laughs> plus as you've just said it's your product is not going to be for everyone and that's advice I give people all the time like example I give loads is that if you were creating something for new mums and your granddad didn't like it well no disrespect but actually <laughs> okay. does that really matter <laughs> probably not um so yeah and equally you know if you're making something for pensioners that you wouldn't really be that worried if your teenager didn't like it so I think knowing who you and it sounds like you've been so clear about knowing who you're selling your product to who it's for that yeah that I think that's I think that's really really helpful because then you know you sort of know whose advice to take on board and who you can go well thank you I respect your opinion but actually yeah you know I'll put that to one side and won't worry about that yeah, and, and I think you do have to have that ability sometimes. It's it's quite easy, particularly when you are a woman and you've got to the I'm mid-40s, you've got to the age that I am. You you It's easy to kind of lose your confidence a bit, especially if you've been out of the kind of mainstream job world for, for a while through children or whatever and and get a bit kind of buffeted by other people's opinions of what you should do and how you should do it well I've decided it's not to say that I won't change my mind but for the time being I'm going to concentrate on doing this and this I'm going to do my Facebook I'm going to do my Instagram and this is the way I want it to be you know that's the joy of running your own business isn't it it is your own business and you can do it the way you want to and good for you as well and also as you said um you've also this is also something that's totally new for you so I also think it's great that you had the confidence to go do you know what I might not know exactly what I'm doing but I'll figure it out and I'll do it my way um yeah I don't you possibly don't realize Laura how much confidence you must you've got um and how much it's probably given you you as well (laughs) I mean it's probably given you a lot as well because I think when we prove to ourselves actually I can do this it kind of I think it impacts other parts of your life as well when you go oh actually I have built a business or I have you know created this product I honestly think that has a knock-on effect yeah 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 oh well you know anybody who's out there who's thinking about it do it just have a go and and as you say what is the worst that can happen the worst that can happen is nobody buys them and really is that the end of the world no you know there are a lot worse things that could happen look at Ukraine you know yeah and I also will say um, that when you put in the amount of work you do, you, you've done on researching, I actually think it's 
fairly unlikely that nobody will buy it and I'm so big I mentioned I, I recorded something about this yesterday because I'm so big on people doing the research because I do honestly think that if you do the research and you take lots of time and you speak to the right people obviously you speak to the right people and you find out what they want and you find out you know what they're after you are so much more likely to create something that people do want to buy mm. um I think that just it doesn't take the risk away entirely, but it massively reduces it because you've made the best. It sounds like to me that you have made the best bag that you could at this stage by speaking to the people who want it. And so I think it's really unlikely that it's not going to sell because of all that work you've put in up front. And I know it's hard and I know it takes time, but um, I'm such a massive fan of actually doing that work. Yeah, yeah, and I think it will stand me in, in in good stead. And and maybe looking back on it, that that was an advantage of the whole COVID situation, where things were at a bit of a standstill. That I had lots of time available when I, when I wasn't wasn't trying to help my younger daughter get through her primary school <laughs> lockdown homework. But you know that that time I don't think can ever be badly spent because I just kept looking at different options and researching and 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 you've got you know that that's a luxury that that time to be able to to put it in and you know it's not to say that there won't be iterations of the product in the future because obviously the the more people use it the more feedback you get the the more there will be common threads of things that you think yeah I could do something about that or I had no idea that that was what they wanted, but several people have asked for that. How can I incorporate that into into the next version going forward? That makes sense. And also what you said, I really liked earlier about, you know, when people have been using the bag for a year, are there things that a year on aren't working as they should or whatever I feel that was I thought I really um that really stuck out stood out to me when you said that because I've never heard anyone say that before it sounds really silly but I spoke to so many people I don't recall anyone saying that but it is such a good point of a product like yours that should last yeah I don't know how long it should but it should last let's say it's not something you're going to buy new every six months or every year necessarily no. I, I think it's a really good point to say actually let's see what they look like after a year of use and you know have they held up are they durable enough yeah I just yeah, yeah. I really like that you said that that really stuck with me yeah and I don't I would like to be able to make them more environmentally friendly as we go on so are there materials that we can make them out of that would be um you know durable enough they would have the waterproof sort of the the water resistant capabilities that they've got um but but perhaps could be I don't know made out of recycled PT bottles or something like that you know I look at my daughter's blazers and they're actually they are made out of recycled PT blazers uh bottles could could we do something like that but I think there's a danger and I had to stop myself at one point from trying to make it perfect before it launched actually I needed to get it to a point where I thought not that this is good enough this is fab I've made something yes I might be able to make it even better in the future but I think if you're on a search for perfection from the start, you, you're, ne- you're never going to get anywhere because what, what's perfection? Perfection to one user is one thing. Perfection to somebody else is something different, you know. I think you're right. I really like that saying done is better than perfect. And I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that, um, for, not obviously not for this, but I think in, there are lots of instances where actually it's things don't have to be perfect they can be good enough not, not maybe the sense for products but also I think that can be a form of procrastination as well you spend so long 
designing and refining and tweaking that you just delay launching your product yeah it goes further and further back and I do think I don't know if it's a bit of fear or or what it is but I see this a lot where people go oh I'm just going to go through one more round of sampling or I'm just going to go through one more round of whatever it is and it just gets delayed and delayed and delayed I think you do have to come to a point where you have to go yep they're going to put it out there see what people think And, and even if it doesn't sell well enough that's that also tells you something and then you can go okay why what is it that people what is it that aren't appealing to people or whatever it is and and you can improve and as you say even if it does sell really well there still will be things that you want to do that your customers tell you they want there's always room for new ever I don't know if evolution is the right word but well it's sort of new iterations isn't it yeah and you know you can there there are plenty of ways that that we can kind of take the kind of classic bag that we've produced and either produce a, a slightly newer version or a smaller version or a slightly different product for a slightly different market. You know, may, maybe there are sort of year six kids out there who really are starting to walk to school on their own, perhaps being able to walk from a drop-off point and their parents are getting them ready to go. Maybe they want something slightly different. They don't have to carry the vast quantity of books or a device in the same way that secondary school kids do. So so there's plenty of options for kind of building the business up. From really exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for all that you shared, Laura. I just, I've taken a lot from it and I hope that everyone else is as well. I have one final question before we wrap up, if that's okay. Yeah. Which is what is your number one piece of advice for other product creators? I know it's a big question. I think it would, it, it really would be ask for help. And the more you ask, the more you will find out. The, you know, there are people out there who will help you. Don't try and do it on your own. Ring people up and ask them, even if you don't know them, because the the response that I had was fantastic. And yeah, you're right. Sometimes people will go, no, I'm too busy to help you or they won't get back to you. Well, that 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 gives you your answer. But there will be people out there who've got the information that you need and they they will help you. Oh, thank you so much, Laura. Oh, it's been really nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening right to the end of this episode. Do remember that you can get the full back catalogue and lots of free resources on my website, vickyweinberg.com. Please do remember to rate and review this episode if you've enjoyed it and also share it with a friend who you think might find it useful. Thank you again and see you next week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.